0: What's up everyone? Welcome back for a brand new edition of Collider Ladies Night, one that I am especially excited for right now. I love Glass Onion and I love Janelle Monáe. Hello. Congratulations on the movie. All of the love of the movie and you as an individual performer are getting, it is all so well deserved.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for your support and you know, it's such an honor to be here talking to you, with you and I'm feeling all the love. I'm sitting in the biggest puddle of uh, uh, gratitude right now for it all.
0: I love to hear it. Um, You say you're really happy to be here, but you haven't heard any of my silly questions, yet. because (laughs) the first thing we do on Collider Ladies Night is we play a game called Dicey Questions. I have a dice tower behind me here. You get three rolls on the tower and whatever I roll for you and whatever question you land on, that's where we start at least.
3: Okay. All right. Well, let's see. Let's see what you're going to ask me. First one
0: up. All right. We are kicking. (laughs) You already got a silly one. It makes me very happy that we landed on this one. Number eight is called Zombie Apocalypse. I love zombie movies. Let's say I'm going to paint a a picture for you here. You're working on Glass Onion and there's a zombie outbreak on set. You can pick two co-stars to team up with to give yourself the best chance of surviving. Which two co-stars do you pick?
3: Okay. Uh, I'm definitely picking Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson is great at strategy, uh, problem solving. <laughs> and she's calm during our and I know this because we did we played our murder mystery parties, and then we also had to solve some puzzles, and I just got a good sense um that 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 she's gonna like make sure we survive um and be a good collaborator. Who else would I would I keep? Um ooh. Dave Bautista, because I feel like I can get on Dave's back and beat some zombies asses. I feel like he's going to like, he's going to fight them from the lower half and I'll be on top, you know, pounding on their heads. I'm getting everything everywhere
0: all at once vibes right now. And I yes, love it. That's
3: exactly, that's exactly what I'm going for.
0: I, I want this to be like a, a movie now. I want a zombie outbreak movie with, with <laughs> you and, and Dave Bautista as a duo there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's your next roll in the tower. All right. We are moving up to a number four. This is called Favorite, Least Favorite. What is your absolute favorite part of the acting process? Something like rehearsing, putting on your costume for the first time, something like that. But then also, what's not necessarily your least favorite, but a part of the process that you see some room to grow for yourself and you're
3: eager to tap into that? I mean... If I, if I wasn't looked at as an actor, I would probably say something like craft services. It's my favorite part of acting. The food. Uh, depending on the budget, you know, you're going to get some good steak. You might get some good surf and turf. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, I would say... Uh, being the little actor that I am, I would say, I love digging into character development. Like I really enjoyed me and Ryan during pre-production, talking through all the little Easter eggs we were gonna leave behind for everybody. You know, and this is spoiler alert, so if you haven't seen Glass Onion, I'm gonna ruin it for you. Leave, mute, do whatever you need to do. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed when we were, saying you know because i played helen and then i play andy and i play helen pretending to be andy and so we said well when people watch this back the second or third time or fourth time we want them to be able to like hear creeps of helen's accent coming through so you can be like ah it was you know it was always there and then down to even her part like if you notice helen's part is on the wrong side of her head. Andy, she was trying to recreate Andy's part and it was like a mirror reflect image. And so she just, you know, put it on the wrong side. So little stuff like that, I'm all about, like, I love those little Easter eggs planting. And then, ooh, I'm always in, in need of, of growth. <laughs> Aren't we all? Always, that's a part of the reason why I took on this this role. I was like, I'm ready, I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to go to the next level. Um. I would say probably when you don't have control over the schedule, you know, like you just don't have control. You 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 can be doing, working overtime and, and, and maybe like you thought you had a weekend off and that is not the case. You know what I mean? And sometimes like me, I look forward, you know, it's hard. I'm a very, very hard worker. I also look forward to, to, to my like downtime too, that helps me recover and be excited about getting back to work. So I think not, yeah, not, not being in control of the schedule.
0: Valuing the downtime is important. I need to teach myself
3: to do that at some point. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you got
0: one more roll on the tower. We're wrapping this up with a number five. Number five is wrap gifts. What is the best wrap
3: gift you've ever received from a production? Oh, the best wrap gift. Uh. Ooh. Um I don't know. I mean every uh, you know, I'm not like that. I'm not like, oh, that gift was okay. It's like you got a gift somebody thought of you. It's it's really honestly. I mean, I will say Daniel got me a blanket that said like go on it like glass onion and it was personalized with my name on it and It was so sweet and it's one of my favorite blankets. I still like wrap myself in it. And I think about Benoit Blanc.
0: Mm. Blankets are always A plus gifts. Right. We we get a lot of stuff during award season. And the one thing like without fail, I will always keep, I have like a mountain. I don't really need all those, but I need all those blankets.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You can never have enough blankets. Agreed. All right, let's
0: get into the meat of it now. Every Collateral Ladies Night begins here. Um, I'll I'll reword it for you a little bit because I know that you consider yourself a storyteller first and foremost, but do you remember, you know, maybe the specific movie you saw, a performance you saw, a personal experience you had that first made you say to yourself, being a storyteller to me absolutely must include the craft of acting.
3: Mm. Yeah, I... I don't know a life that I've lived where I wasn't acting and singing and performing, you know, like at the same time, I was always doing talent showcases and after school Shakespearean programs, monologue competitions and the musical, like it was just nonstop for me. Um, So, yeah, I just don't, I mean, I don't know a world where we're acting wasn't a part of telling a great story, even in music. You know, when I take stuff on stage, when I perform the songs on stage, I'm in character. I'm in full character, whether it's a love song, it's an up-tempo dance song, like it takes a level of acting to, to fully realize an idea. To add to that, do you remember
0: the very first time you were acting and you felt it become an itch that you needed to keep scratching where, where something worked so incredibly well and you knew you needed to keep chasing and, and achieving that feeling?
3: Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I think as a, as a singer and an actor and someone who, you know, performs, I think. Actually it wasn't me it was like when i felt something from somebody else when i felt you know this woman in my church singing and she gave me chills i was like oh my god what is that feeling i want to give people that feeling whenever i perform so no matter if it was a play at school theater like even even a role that i that i'm in like i want people to to feel something Yeah, you want want it to be reactionary.
0: I love that answer. I did want to ask you a little bit about studying in in school. I always love talking about studying a craft like this in a school setting. And I know you studied at AMDA for a bit. So what is something that you learned while you were in that program that you actually still find yourself referring back to and using today? But then given the experience you've had in the industry since, what is something that you would like to evolve
3: if you got the opportunity to teach at a school like that? Well, I have to give a big shout out to Amda. I loved attending that school. I mean, I think that I learned jazz, tap, ballet, you know, acting, sight singing, um, you know, how to use my voice. I had my first music uh, vocal teacher, you know, and I think I keep all that with me, all the all, like taking care of my voice, drinking my water. Um it was, it was also there that I, I, I discovered that I had nodes on my vocal cords. So that meant that I had to like watch. If I didn't, I, I could, if I did not take care of my voice, you know, or I didn't know that I had those nodes, I could have lost my voice completely and it would have been another story. So it was there that I learned how to heal myself uh, as a performer, um, the different techniques needed as a performer, how to put you know the 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 emotion and intention and the objective behind each scene um you know when I'm portraying a character and i'm and I'm doing character work, what are the wants what are the needs um, so I learned a lot from that school and I think you know I don't have any notes for them, no notes but I think you 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 do want to make the the artist feel I just wish that performing art school was free. Because one of the reasons why I left is because I just couldn't afford it. Like I had a a semi um, scholarship, but I couldn't afford it. It was too expensive. And that's the thing that I hate when you have kids who have talent, you know, have potential, but because of money, they cannot realize their potential. Now, thank God I was able to move to Atlanta and I I found my, you know, my people. And and I was able to, you know, hire a vocal coach when I, got my check from Office Depot or whatever, and I could like, you know, take acting courses. But yeah, I think sometimes it's a missed opportunity when money gets uh, to be an issue.
1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
0: I very much understand that. I always love when this show has a quality of being a resource in terms of, you know, being taught valuable lessons that someone you admire might experience that we could then pass on to, to budding performers out there. So to build on that a little... What is a, what's a seemingly silly question about the way that films and shows are made that you wish you had the courage to ask earlier on in your career, that you would encourage other up-and-coming performers to have the nerve and the
3: confidence to ask? I would say... Um, hmm. Perhaps, you know, ask more about... I don't know. I think scheduling, I think that this, the schedule like um, that I mentioned earlier when I was like, hey, you know, the ske- sometimes schedules can be overwhelming for for actors. and sometimes when you're not number one or number two or number three, you just have to do it. But I think that when people are fatigued, they don't do their best work. I think when people are rested, they can they can do some good works. Now don't get me wrong. I've done some 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 remarkable work when I've been really tired and exhausted but I don't think that that but I wasn't present I was just kind of on autopilot and I think maybe a question is like on the front end you know ask questions about schedule just see what 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 the schedule is, how it can work to make sure that you have the proper rest that you need because you only only you know what it takes to be you And if people are inviting you to get the best of you, you know that you need to have rest. So if you're in those productions, whether they're indie productions that don't cost a lot or whatever, just make sure you're looking at the schedule and you're not biting off more than you can chew.
0: Such an important thing to point out. I was just talking to someone who had done a a role and she was not number one on the call sheet, but she was a supporting character who was wearing heavy makeup and prosthetics. And she had to step up and say, I need to be scheduled with two days in between applying this in order for
3: me to to be able to, you know, sustain a certain energy level and deliver my best work. Kudos to her. A lot of people are afraid and and including myself early on. You just don't want to you don't want to ruffle any feathers and you don't want to be like a problem or. um, But I I think it, it needs to be normalized that people just say up front kind of what they need. For them to give the best performances that they can that they can give, because ultimately everybody wants the movie to be a success, and the movie is only successful as the the talent that you have in it, and the talent um, exempli- exemplifying <laughs> their talent in the best possible way. It
0: is so true. All right, let's get into a couple specific titles here. Wanted to start with Moonlight, of course. Looking back now. What is something about the experience you had making that movie that now makes you think, I'm so glad that I could have my first feature filmmaking experience on that particular set with those particular people?
3: Uh, I'm forever indebted to Barry Jenkins. I just, you know, um, just thank him over and over again. I I wanted my first film to be some big sci-fi film, but Moonlight... That that film is is just iconic and will always be near and dear to my heart. I got an opportunity to really bond with that cast as well. That was the first cast that I got to like know and call family from Mahershala, um to you know Ashton uh, to 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 all of them. Naomi, like that was my family in Florida in Miami. That was my first on screen role, and yeah, I I just I I just we'll always count that as one of one of one of our great moments in cinema. You know, even up to when we were on the Oscars at the Oscars on that stage, didn't know if we won, found out we did, you know, thought we didn't, but found out we did, went on stage, had to escort every like that was a ride, you know, it was it was a ride.
0: That that is a, a very special movie and and one I will never forget and I think the large majority of people will always be carrying with them. A bigger, broader question here. Of all of the uh, the films and shows you've done thus far, which would you say help define what you want most out of the filmmaking experience, both in terms of the types of stories you want to tell that are important to you, but also the types of collaborators you want to have going forward?
3: I've been very fortunate to work with really like amazing directors, you know, like Barry, like Ted Melfi and in, in Hidden Figures and even a lot of people didn't get a chance to see, you know, the show I did called Homecoming Season Two. Um, Kyle Alvarez, um, you know, Julie Tamar, uh oh my goodness, like uh, up until Ryan Johnson, you know, I I Casey Lemons, uh I've been able to work with some really incredible directors and I love them, you know, and I would work with them all again. And I took from each of those sets, something that I'll hold near and dear to me. And I think because though we are in glass onion world, you know, I will say with this particular cast, the vibe was right. You know, there were no egos. I mean, I guess whatever you call it, the good version of the ego was present. Like no, everybody was, was you know, so supportive of each other, uh, showing up when they didn't even need to be there for when when other folks was you know focusing on their coverage. Ryan kept a very chill, cool environment. Um, he wasn't uh, you know abusing his power. He wasn't uh, over exerting himself or 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 making his presence be known as like I'm the director and you must do what I say. He was the ultimate collaborator, and just to me, gave a new definition for 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 directing. Um, and, and the biggest compliment I can say is like when I do direct, I hope that I can make my actors feel how Ryan Johnson made me feel on the set.
0: I'm happy you haven't been in a big sci-fi film just yet because I, <laughs> I want you to write, direct and star in your own sci-fi film. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> Listen,
3: hey, I, me too. I, I, I need to find the time. I need to find the project. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited about that. I'm a a
0: genuine believer that you're unstoppable and you will do anything that you want to do. When it comes to picking roles, I know a top priority for you is picking picking uh, roles that will stretch you as, as a performer and also as a thinker. And You've said you'll do that even if it doesn't make sense, let's say, financially or maybe in terms of the industry chessboard. So, Can you give us an example of a time when maybe you were encouraged not to do something for those reasons, but you felt that important pull towards a part and you had to commit to it?
3: yeah uh let's see i think early on in my career i mean i was just doing local acting and local kind of open mic open bar singing um and a lot of people thought i was crazy when i left new york like coming from kansas to new york that was just a big thing they couldn't even believe that i was doing that and so when i left new york and moved to Atlanta, and, and folks were looking at Atlanta like, oh, it's the South, this country, and it was not. It, I mean, you know, you had certain artists coming out of there, but it's booming even more now as a place where people are filming, and, and that wasn't happening when I moved there. Um, it's grown immensely. Uh, so a lot of folks thought I was crazy, like you left to perform in our school in New York to go to a community college to 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 sell CDs out of your car. What are you doing? To, to be in local plays, what are you doing? Like a lot of people thought that, but I got an opportunity to really develop, to really find my voice, to learn how to hustle, to learn how to work hard. Uh, I got an opportunity to read people better, you know? And when I couldn't hide behind like cover songs anymore and I had to be forced to, to, to honor what was inside of me, I also got an opportunity to grow as as a writer and and, and know what people thought about the things that I was I was making without the pressure of like you know the the uh, of 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 being like sort of in this mainstream world I got I got a lot of development going even when people didn't see it all of it was working to help develop me into the person I am now
0: Hold tight to that compass. It's pointing you in the right direction. I love it. Um, to start to tiptoe into Glass Onion here, I love, I'm, I'm a big cheese bowl. I get very excited about award season and the meaning of it. And I really appreciated what Michelle Yeoh had said in her speech the other night where, you know, she didn't say, I can't even tell you how much this award means to me. She told everyone in that audience exactly what that award meant to her. And as someone who's been on the award circuit three times now, from Moonlight, Hidden Figures, and now to Glass Onion, what does the award season mean to you? And has that evolved at all from film to film to film?
3: Yeah, you know, I will say I still can't believe that Moonlight and Hidden Figures, they were, you know, in the award season together, so there were moments where I would be at a festival or at an event, and I would have to change clothes because I had to take photos with my Moonlight family, and then I had to change clothes again because I had to take photos with my Hidden Figures family. You know, um, it was it was a beautiful thing, but it was like it was it was double work, <laughs> double duty, in the best possible way. And I think now I have a. Yeah, I'm, I'm understanding, like, get your rest, um, but most importantly, you know, other than getting rest, being hydrated, uh, stay in a constant state of gratitude, because you are owed nothing. Like, there is no awards committee that owes me anything. My reward has already come with the work, the work itself. You know i'm rewarded every time i think about working with ryan johnson that's the reward when i'm working with daniel kate you know edward leslie catherine madeline jessica dave noah that's the that's the reward right being in this film is the reward touching people people watching the film two times three times four times that is the reward so if 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 folks wanna, you know what I mean? It's just like, you just go with gratitude and you're pointing to something that you love and you're talking about this experience that meant so much to you, all of that means just as much.
0: I love that. I think everyone should keep that in mind. I definitely strive to do that myself as well. Speaking of all the people around you on Glass Onion, I think this was something you might have referenced in your own speech that night, just the idea of the importance of having such a supportive team around you and and such a good environment to work in when tackling a challenging role like this. So can you give me an example of maybe a Glass Onion scene that was very intimidating? You didn't know if you could do it, but because of something, a co-star or someone Behind the scenes, did for you, you were able to deliver your best possible work, and you're proud of it.
3: Yeah. Oh my God. So that last scene where Helen is asking them to raise their hand, their hands, if you know, to take Miles Brown down, it was deeply emotional. Like I went, you didn't, guys didn't see this, but there's absolutely footage of me just being like crying hysterically because it just meant, it, just thinking about all of those folks lying for a lie and not lying for the truth, you know, really siding with miles. And and this woman has lost her sister. Like it got, that was the Mm -hmm. deepest it got for me. It was like, oh, I have no support. I'm up against a big machine. How am I going to, I'm I'm the David trying to take down the Goliath. So um, I think I'd ask Ryan, you know, to give me a moment and they all got really quiet. They gave me a moment uh, and I just kind of improv some stuff and they let me do that. And Ryan was like, just take your time. And, you know, everybody was so just there for me during that moment. Like I felt embarrassed because I had gotten deeply emotional, I remember. And they were just telling me it's okay. Like, it's okay, this is what we're here for. And yeah, that was a moment that I I remember just kind of going home and just being like, these are really, these are really my friends. Like they, you know, forget the acting, forget the, you know, uh, personas that we have, this was a human to human moment that I'll always, always remember.
0: Tis the Ryan Johnson effect. He, he yeah. assembles like not just a real creative team, but a real good creative family in front of and behind the lens of all of his production, right. which is why I admire him so much. Speaking of Ryan, and we'll wind down about here. I know you've said he's always asking you on this set, What do you think? So can you give me an example of a time on set when he asked you, what do you think? And it changed something in the movie or maybe it bolstered it for the better.
3: Ooh, let me think. Uh, I mean, I think Ryan as a director writer, you know, he knows what he wants. So I think after we kind of shoot it the way that we agree and, or he's like, you know, here's what I was thinking, shoot it this way. Then he'll say like, do you have another way you want to try it? And I think maybe there were a couple of takes where um, I could kind of show them better I, that better than I could like articulate what it was I was trying to do, and some of those shots made it in. I can't I can't remember everything, but I think and that's just a testament because it was it was constant. You know, we respected him as the director. We we respected him as the writer. Everything on that page inspired a lot of my thinking. I had so much to build on, and uh, I just I would just say in general. He was just a a, a, a wonderful uh, collaborator who, who also got what he wanted, you know, in like the most polite, loving, you know, clear way. That is
0: the right formula there that every filmmaker should hold on to. I'll end with this one because I can't help it. I love you in this role. I'm sure you can't tell us anything about the future of Helen in the Knives Out franchise, but maybe a safe way to get at it is after Helen has this experience solving a case with Blanc in Glass Onion, at this point in her life, what do you think she would maybe have to gain personally from working with Blanc on another case in the future?
3: uh helen would absolutely love to work with blanc and ryan johnson uh in another mystery spin-off whatever um but no that's the beauty of ryan is each mystery is its own thing new cast new new mystery new world you know blanc is going to come back we know um i guess i could get plastic surgery and audition again as maybe another character, who knows? Uh, but if they call me back to do anything, I am, I'm there. I'm I don't there. I am there do not
0: blame you. I love how it feels like distinct, distinct stories all on their own. And also yeah. they have a slightly different tinge in terms of genre. And I feel like yeah. that in particular gives this franchise such great creativity yeah. and longevity. And I love it. I agree. I love your work in this and in everything. I mean it when I've said it a million times over, and I'll say it again right now, you're exceptional in this movie. You deserve all the good coming your way right now, and I can't wait to see more from you in the future.
3: You are so kind, and thank you for your support. in this show, I had so much fun. You are the best at what you do. Seriously. So thank you for having me.
2: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too.